This time on episode 310 of Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., we talk Cloak and Dagger season 2 episode 5 alignment chart and season 2 episode 6 B-sides. We talk weekly Marvel news and we talk your feedback. Hi, Michelle Ely from the Starling Tribune, an Arrow TV show fan podcast, part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other amazing geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. You have been granted clearance by director Alfonso Mac McKenzie. Stand by for a shield debriefing. All information to be discussed here is classified and may only be discussed among agents granted clearance by the shield director. Now it's time for your scheduled debriefing. I'm Director SP. I'm Agent Lauren. And I'm Agent Michelle. Welcome to Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. We're a Marvel Comic Universe fan show. The show is recorded on Sunday, December 1st, 2019, live on the Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. studios and broadcast worldwide via www.geeks.live. Come and join our live chat and talk with us as we record. Ladies, happy National Pie Day. Pie. I still have pie in the fridge. I hope I have pie in my house. <laughs> Be great if I do. Yeah, we have a pumpkin pie that's still in the fridge. Freezer. We have a pumpkin pie that's in the refrigerator. We have an apple pie and we have app. I guess they're apple fritters. I guess mm-hmm. it's what they. So, yeah, we have plenty of pie left over, which will be consumed this week. A note for all of you that think that this is not the only National Pie Day. You're right. It's actually the third National Pie Day in a year. The first and more popular designation falls on January 23rd. And then, of course, there's the March 14th version for, you know, pie. And then this, December 1st, which happens to be during pie season. So there's no background on why this day is National Pie Day. So again, Michelle, this gives credence that you can create your breakfast cupcake day any day you want. Okay, I'll put that on the to-do list. Breakfast cupcakes. Mm. I know, right? I'm on a diet right now, so everything sounds delicious. I see. Well, anyway, that it was our National Pie Day, and we're just going to move on with the rest of the show, but make sure you go eat your pie. Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a fan-based podcast on the ABC television show Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the multiple Marvel small screen series like Cloak and Dagger, which we'll be talking about today, and the Marvel Cinematic and Comic Book Universes in general. Because of Bad Groundhog Day. If you'd like to talk to us about Bad Groundhog Days, you can visit our website, legendsofshield.com. You can call us at our voicemail, 844-THE-BUS-1. That's 844-843-2871. You can find us on Facebook, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. Podcast. You can find us on Twitter, at Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. You can go to YouTube and see our beautiful faces at youtube.com slash gunageek. You can tell your Amazon device to enable Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. skill. You can join our Discord server chat at gunageek.com slash discord. And remember, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a proud member of the GunnaGeek.com network. A couple of notes. First of all, Haley is not with us this week. She is planning on coming back next week. Also, as she's taking a drink, I just want to say congratulations and welcome back to the podcast, Miss Lauren. Thank you. If I sound a little off, it's because I'm recovering from a cold right now. It's that time of year. At least you didn't get the nasty flu that's been going around. Yeah, no, I'm really glad this was just a cold and my sister ended up getting the flu even with the flu shot yes that can happen it just lessens the virulence of it please get your flu shot the first person i ever knew who died died of the flu Ooh, mm-hmm. i was three i got my flu shot already Two or three did you get your flu shot yes i know some people can't get it because of their allergies to eggs or bad reactions to the flu shot previously but if you haven't had those then you should probably get it Yep, and you getting it helps those people through herd immunity. That's right. Something that you can hear on the Curiosity Daily podcast, which they talk about herd immunity over there. Michelle, have you gotten your shot? Yep. Woohoo! We're herd. <laughs> All right. So 
We are going to go ahead and get into our main event, which I alluded to before. We're going to talk about Cloak and Dagger. We're squarely in the middle of season two of Cloak and Dagger. We're taking on two episodes a week in a rush to get to Runaway season three when it comes out. The two episodes that we're going to talk about are Alignment Chart and B-Sides. They aired on Freeform, which is an ABC property, which is owned by Disney, on April 25th and May 2nd, 2019. So we're still within the year that these episodes released. We're doing really good. Yes, we are. Woo! Okay, Michelle, we're going to go over the creative team for the first episode, Alignment Chart. So who were they? This episode was directed by Rachel Goldberg. Has 12 directing credits starting in 2004. Credits include one American Horror Story, one Cloak and Dagger, one Veronica Mars, two Mayans MC, and two Raisin Dion. This episode had two writers. The first was Nicole R. Levy. Has seven writing credits starting in 2013, including one Ironside, four The Mysteries of Laura, three Shades of Blue, four Cloak and Dagger, and one Reef Break. The other writer was Peter Calloway. Has seven writing credits starting in 2007, including four brothers and sisters, six Under the Dome, two Legion, one American Gods, and five Cloak and Dagger. And Lauren, the second episode that we're going to discuss today is B-Sides. Who's the creative team behind this lovely episode? Well, this episode was directed by Lauren Wolkstein. Yay, another Lauren. Who has 14 directing credits starting in 2005, most of which are shorts and videos. But... She also has one of Queen Sugar, one of Cloak and Dagger, and one of Dare Me. And the episode was written by a team. First off, we have Kate Rorick, who has six writing credits starting in 2007, including three of Cloak and Dagger, seven of The Librarians, three of Emma Approved, four of Welcome to Sanditon, four of Law and Order Criminal Intent, and 20 of the Lizzie Bennett Diaries. And she's also a producer for among other things, Cloak and Dagger, the Lizzie Bennett Diaries, The Librarians. And our other writer is, and I'm very sorry for mispronouncing this, Hornsack Pachetsoti. Pachetsot? I'm very sorry. It could be Pache, I would think, maybe with a French accent in there. I have no idea, but I gave it a try. I gave you it did. a try. Way better than I would have done who has six writing credits starting in 2002, including this episode of Cloak and Dagger, one of two-sentence horror stories, two of Light as a Feather, and, uh, yeah, has also been a director and producer and stuff. So I'm very sorry that I mangled your name. Me too. So if you want to get back with us with how to say your name, please let us know, and we will correct it on a future episode. Lauren, will she will love to correct that. I would, actually, I would. I would just love to know how to pronounce that myself. Anyway, Cloak and Dagger, by the way, is based on the same Marvel comics by Bill Mantlo and Ed Hannigan. So Haley's not here to go over the why of the names of the episodes, Alignment Chart and B-Sides. I'm going to go ahead and since Lauren hasn't been here, I'm going to give her the floor. Lauren, what do you say about the theme of the episodes to the titles, Alignment Chart and B-Sides? Okay, well, B-Sides is fairly obvious. It's not only, you know, the B-side of a record, which we see often on the episode, but also it's, you know, a different way their lives could have taken everything. Now, Alignment Chart, whenever I hear Alignment Chart, I think of like, role-playing games like Dungeons and Dragons and all other systems that aren't as well known as Dungeons and Dragons, that whole like chaotic, neutral, lawful, evil, good, neutral. But I'm pretty sure that's not what the episode title was supposed to refer to. However, that's all I can think of. Okay. And that's exactly what I was thinking of as well. So, Michelle, if you have any enlightenment that you can give us without spoiling the last four episodes of the series, do you think that Lauren's right? Or is there another underlying thing that we're just not seeing? I think that's a good one. It does sort of question, like, who's doing what? Who's on whose side? Someone you thought might have been decent isn't decent. Someone who's not 
decent, you know, um, I play D&D as well. And my dungeon master, sometimes when we do something weird, we'll ask our alignment. And sometimes they'll be like, well, now, wait a minute. If you're lawful good and you just did that, there's like ramifications if you don't. Or sometimes, you know, if something happens, you evolve and your alignment can change or devolve and your alignment can change. So, yep. And we definitely saw some alignment changes in that episode. Yeah, there was two things that I saw that would go that way. First was Connor's. The second was Leah. That's her name. L-I-A, Leah, that we saw might not be aligned as well. But also, they had this whole dual story track going on in the middle of the episode about justice. And what does justice mean? Give me a definition of justice. So that was there as well. So that's as as good as I got there. So Lauren, B-Sides, you want to take a stab at that one too? Oh, I did. It's usually with like a, a 45, like an, a record. If like, if it's a single, you have the, the single on the one side and then you flip it over and the B side is a different track. A lot of times it's one that's not necessarily released on an album or is an alternate take of a previously released song. So for this, we see the flipping of the records and we see Tandy visualizing all these different paths that her life could have taken, not necessarily for the better. Yeah, we'll have to get into that later. I I would agree with that there. Although the one thing I want to say about the record flipping thing is I was gifted an actual record player last year with a few records. Guardians of the Galaxy was one of the records that I had, the actual track that Starlord plays. and. I was flipping that and I got some fingerprints on it and it had been so long since I dealt with records. I just thought I could flip it by the sides and get away with it. Well, that wasn't the case because they are big and need a little bit more handling. And if you do use record players, I don't know if either you two do, I would say using gloves might actually be an effective way to preserve them. I remember being a kid and having one. And being very, very careful to lift it up by the sides and doing that sort of like weird flip the palm, like the edge with the palm and then putting it down. Yeah, you've got to be very careful. Yeah, I wasn't allowed to handle ours because of that. And I'm very clumsy. But I do remember my parents having it. And it's like, okay, okay, this is playing. Sit on the couch and don't move so the vibrations don't mess it up. That too. That too. The needle jumps around a little bit. Even on the new ones, the, the new ones with all the technology that's in there, the needle will jump around because it's a physical, actual interaction. So unless you got some Iron Man sort of gyroscopes in that needle arm, it's going to happen. It's called using an MP3 player. <laughs> some people, some audiophiles. Just- I know I, a friend of mine, a good friend of mine swears by records and I'm just here like, I can't. I don't know. Maybe my ears just aren't tuned to it, but I don't, I don't hear the difference. Okay. Anyway. (laughs) Well, Michelle, we'll start there because I was very happy with these two episodes going back to back because if we had to wait a week after watching alignment chart and what happens at the end of that, I would have just been frustrated not being able to see episode six because I've been good and I have been watching ahead. I know you've seen all the episodes forward, but I was glad to see that kidnapping and then go into what happened with the kidnapping afterwards. And because I didn't have a week break, I knew what was happening, that it was just an alternative reality in Tandy's mind. I didn't know who was manipulating it until later in the episode, but let's go through the actual B-sides, the lives of Tandy. Well, there's different ones. We, of course, start with that nice, where she's in the white dress, and she's continuing that story about the farmer and the viper, which has started in alignment chart. And then when it ends, it's that first B-side, which is she's a ballerina, Billy's alive, her dad's alive, her parents are great. Connors was a mentor to Tyrone, who became a cop. And life seems to be pretty good. And then Tandy and Tyrone go for a walk. Tyrone's in his uniform, but he has a jacket on. And then they end up in the store. 
and there's a racist and then there was a gun and Tandy had his badge and then their powers touch and they explode and Tyrone gets, you know, shot and all that type of stuff. It's not, it starts great, doesn't end great. And then you have some back and forth going on all these B-sides where Tandy is acknowledging that there's something's just not right. So the the visage around her just degrades and she's able to kind of control like a bad dream that you're having. You can kind of, if you're into that sort of stuff, you can kind of control the dream and, and make it a little bit different, a little bit better or more fantastical or whatever you want to do with it. But she just notices that it's not right. And she keeps on going through it until the end where despair finally is able to crack her and and move on but i am usually a huge fan of the time loop episodes and this one was okay i maybe the reason why i didn't really love it is because tandy loses in the end and it's just she fought so well this is not a time loop episode no this is an alternate reality right yeah this is this is him using that to break her you know, she knows something's not right. There, that one song whose name I'm just blanking out on. We hear several different versions of it. It's the same song, but it's done in a country style and it's done in like a jazz style. And, you know, she keeps hearing that. She keeps seeing this figure. And we find out later it's Andre, despair. And it's every path that she goes down is progressively worse. Until finally she's at her absolute rock bottom, no hope, where he wants her to be. And I think, and not having seen the rest of the series so far, I can't say. But one thing that's been really, really frustrating me this season is that anytime Tandy talks to her mom or to Michaela or any of the women at the group who have been abused... She keeps saying, oh, it's so easy to leave an abuser. You just make the choice to leave him. You make the choice to not be a victim. And she has no idea of abuse mentality, which is painfully obvious. And now that she's in this position where, you know, she's been ground down over this compressed period of time instead of over the course of, you know, months, years, however long it's over the course of him breaking her mentally now she's in that place where there's no hope and once she's out of it she's going to be dependent on these people who are around her because you know when you're hopeless you don't think you deserve any better you don't think you think that where you are is all that's ever going to happen and she's because i you know part of it is just because of how her parents sort of protected her from you know their problems and just the innate nature of her powers, which are related to hope. But now she's in that place where she has no hope. She doesn't have that defense mechanism. And I'm really hoping that this gives her more empathy to the other abuse victims around her. Yeah, that's been a big part of my irritation with her as well. And again, it's Growth of character. This is one of the reasons why I, I'm very sad this show was canceled because of how this season does end and what the third season could have been, the growth that they could have had together. Because Andre is trying to figure out what Tandy, what will break Tandy. And he finally realizes that in all these different versions, like Tyrone keeps showing up and he finally does it. He, when he, removes tyrone from her life then she's broken she was broken at the end i'm hoping that she's able to get out of it somehow and so her powers were kind of taken away in the lower dimension by despair and i'm, I'm wondering if that means that tyrone can't sense her anymore and can't travel to her however i don't know how that all works i mean he's been using the vives quite a bit lately so maybe that helps him Lauren, what do you think? I don't know. <laughs> so I will say that I marathoned all of season two in a very short period of time. So now I'm kind of muddled about some stuff. All right. Well, there were vives that in the 
B-sides that were up on the wall and Tyrone had a vivet on the floor that he lit of gunpowder, which he took out of several of the bullets and he ended up meeting Connor. So there were a lot of vivets. The vivets are continually going to be in the season apparently and they've been using them pretty well. Talking about Connor, Connor in his time at the land of Loa, and I don't know if it's because of his interactions possibly with despair there or just because he had a timeout and was able to think about it. He is very, very, very remorseful and he wants to not only turn himself in, but he wants to go after his uncle, Asia Henderson, and make sure that they both end up in bars. Now, he gives Tyrone a way forward. Tyrone looks for the Monopoly plan and he doesn't find it. So Mr. Henderson has obviously either gotten rid of it or transported it somewhere else. I don't think he got rid of it just because it sounds so useful, like secrets on everybody. Yeah. So about Andre, Andre's not in charge of the lower dimension he has. He can go to it and he uses it for his ability. He's connected to it, but his section is that record store. So right now, Andre's in that record store. Connor's ended up in the sporting goods section because Tyrone is basically one way you can enter the lower dimension. And that's how Connor's was drawn in. It's the same thing with Mayhem. It's just Connor's ended up in that sporting goods store. He kept seeing that vision. You know, remember he was hanging up all those cloaks and he was just completely, basically alone with his thoughts for all those months. From his perspective, it could have been years. You know, his concept of time might have just, you know, gone out the window. But eventually he's sort of broken, but in almost like the good way. Because he comes out remorseful and actually wanting to, to actually atone because there's that, you know, when, when Tyrone is interacting with him and he has that whole, sees that vision with the, um, the handcuffs. Yeah, I wasn't sure if he was bluffing up until that point. So again, when you're in a place with no hope, you tend to come out of it one of two ways. You're either a lot more empathetic to people who have been in that situation or you lash out. And I wasn't sure if Connors was lashing out, but no, we see he's, it seems like genuinely had a change of heart. And something that I like is that they're showing it's not just, Oh, I'm sorry. Moving on. It's, I realize I've messed up and I need to atone for it. And an apology without action can be meaningless. Which is what Tyrone thinks when he can't find the list. I mean, obviously, there was a hiding place. It wasn't like there was no place for this list. He finds a hiding place that was empty, though. Yeah, I think I think what we're probably going to see is that as soon as Connors proved that he was a liability or a loose end, his uncle did the smart thing and moved it to someplace Connors didn't know about because you don't get in that position and have that information on people without being paranoid. I mean, obviously he was able to correct a whole murder in an afternoon at the Paradise Club. So yeah, I think he would be very thoughtful along those lines. One other thing I just want to point out for this episode and both of these episodes actually, is we don't see Mayhem. Mayhem is still trapped in the lower dimension, so we don't see her in the record store. We don't see her at all. Looking forward to getting her back, but we do see Bridget, and she's acting a a little bit more active, right, Michelle? Yes, she actually helps Tyrone in his plan. There's this phrase, fake it until you make it, and basically she's faking that stance of there's a bomb threat, and you, you need to evacuate and then all of a sudden, you know, there is like a explosion and then they believe her and she's just like, yes, you know, and she is actually, she has that moment of she doesn't want to, doesn't know what to do at the beginning of these episodes. And then she is going to Mayhem's place. And then we see her finally going, I can act. And this is what I can do. 
She also goes to the gun range and while still not great, she at least gets most of the bullets on the paper. Whereas before, I don't know where they were because they weren't on the paper before. So she's getting a little bit better at the gun range. I don't know if she'll ever be great without mayhem as part of her again, but she is improving there as well. Yeah. Oh, that reminds me. One of the things that I was thinking previously when, you know, we saw Connor's like trying to atone i was wondering if he somehow without us just for a moment i was thinking like did he get split like bridget and mayhem but no it's as far as i know that's not what happened it's just he's he was basically put on the naughty step for a very long time and uh came out of it having actually learned something yeah that's what i assumed here so, Lauren, do you have anything else with the episode you want to talk about? With B-side, no. There is something that I wanted to talk about with alignment chart. Shoot. Okay, so that story that Tandy's telling throughout the whole thing with the farmer and the viper, I usually hear it as a frog and a scorpion. And it's, you know, there's a frog and there's a scorpion comes up to the frog and is like, hey, can you take me across to the other side? And the frog's like, no, I know what you are. You're going to sting me. And Scorpion's like, well, no, if I do that while we're in the middle, we're going to drown. So you should trust me on this. So the frog's like, okay, fine. Scorpion hops on the frog's back. They start going across the river. And then midway, the scorpion stings the frog. The frog's like, why'd you do that? And the scorpion says, you knew what I was when you picked me up. And it's that same, there's, there's variations, obviously. We heard one. But that was another thing that had me suspicious of Connors, that whole people don't tend to change deep down in their core. People can change superficially. But for there to be a deep, essential change of who they are, uh, it usually it takes a traumatic event, which, as we see with Connors. But an abuser is very likely going to abuse again. A, you know, a rapist very likely going to rape again. It's somebody, on a positive note, somebody who's nice, you can generally, you know, somebody who's nice and honest, you can generally expect them to do nice, honest things. There's so many people who are like, yeah, you know, I talk a lot of crap for somebody who can't even make the bad choices in video games. And I I feel like that story is going to be more important than we know going forward. Again, with Tandy. She's at her core a very strong person who relies on a lot of hope. Well, the story took place over two episodes, so I tend to think it's very important because of that. Beyond that, I can't speculate. I can't speculate. I'm just, I don't have anything more than you on it. Okay. So, Michelle, anything else on these two episodes? Uh, the Vive that you see in the record store that's on the door that you saw repeatedly, that will come back. That is actually important. It has basically like the lines of water and then there's like a, you know, almost maybe it's like there's triangles. So maybe it's like a a tent of some sort. There's like a, almost like a cross. And then you have like the four stars and the the crescent moon, but it's kind of upside down. It comes back. All right. I look forward to seeing that again. We got four episodes left. And we're off to season three of Runaways, which will be the last in this universe between the two of them. And there will be a crossover. I don't know. Do you guys remember what episode is going to be a crossover for Runaways? Is it going to be several or one or? I think it's one. The very first one? No, I think it's one episode. Okay. But I don't know which one. Yeah, we don't know. It's three or six or anything. Okay. Alrighty. Well, next Sunday, we'll be talking about Cloak and Dagger, season two, episode seven. Viking Town Sound and Season 2, Episode 8, Two-Player. And that will be the penultimate Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode on Cloak and Dagger. Well, we do have a piece of news. There's the debate about if Die Hard is a Christmas movie. And now it seems Iron Man 3 has entered that arena. (laughs) Yeah, it's been a really, really light news week, I think. 
right now Disney is having its hands full with Star Wars. And there was a piece written for the Mary Sue by Rachel Leishman called Iron Man 3 is a Christmas movie. So it's, you know, it's a fun little light article. But, you know, it covers the themes of Iron Man 3, the fact that it takes place around Christmas. And what's not addressed, but what I wish had been, is that it's written by Shane Black. As far as I can tell, like every movie Shane Black has written has a Christmas element to it. Shane Black wrote Lethal Weapon, which starts at Christmas. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang takes place at Christmas. And just a bunch of other stuff. I, for some reason, I was thinking Shane Black had something to do with Die Hard, but no, I'm, I, was, I got mixed up between Die Hard and Lethal Weapon. So the fact that it's a Shane Black movie kind of edges it over the trying to be a Christmas movie in my mind. Yeah, Lethal Weapon starts out with Jingle Bell Rock. Yep. The first thing you hear. Yeah, Jingle Bell Rock and a topless woman throwing herself off a building. When I watched it with my mom and my sister when I was like 12 or 13, my mom's like, don't don't, don't look, cover your eyes. (laughs) Yeah, she was messed up and on drugs. And if you want that whole story, you can go watch the Lethal Weapon series. It's, I like it. It's fun. I realize some people have, she's with some of the people that partake within it anyway. So I actually watched a Christmas movie last night, actually. I watched Home Alone. And I, I was curious. The question was asked in the family, how much did Macaulay and Culkin make for this movie? It's like, I don't know. I don't think very much. And I heard a bunch of, ah, he had to make millions. Looked it up. No. A hundred thousand. That's it. And his dad took it all. Right. And I was, that was my next point was that. I don't know how much of his net worth is still really his because his parents fought over his agency, basically, as his career progressed. Yeah, there's it really sucks to be a child actor. I think it's a little better now than it has been. in. The, it's certainly better than it was in, you know, the golden age of Hollywood. If you hear anything about Judy Garland, the studio was the one that got her hooked on drugs. They gave her uppers to act and downers to sleep and just over and over and over. And yeah, there's a podcast called You Must Remember This that goes into the golden age of Hollywood and how deeply messed up it was. The 80s, still not great for child actors, but maybe a little better now, question mark. A lot of them filed for emancipation. Like in the late 80s, 90s time frame, I think Lindsay Lohan was part of that, but I don't know. It's, it's never really great if you have that sort of fame as a kid, because it's just a lot to take in, really. And yeah. you, you don't understand the business side of things. Slightly related, not an actor, but a singer, the whole messy saga of Britney Spears and her conservatorship goes along those lines, and there's a podcast i've been listening to called eat pray britney about the messy details of her conservatorship and it really really sucks to be in the public light is what i'm getting from everything that i see and read and listen to about you know child actors and child singers child stars in general so here's a question for you ladies will star wars episode nine be a christmas movie no, because there's no Christmas in Star Wars. There's Life Day. And Life Day's already passed, so. Yeah, it comes out December 19th, though. Okay, so if we are going by movies that are released in December are Christmas movies, there's some horror movies that get released in December. There's Cats, which is coming out. Not necessarily a Christmas movie. Yeah, and then there's Christmas movies that are released in other months. That last Christmas movie was released in November. Love Actually, no, I guess Love Actually was released in like December. I remember seeing it when I came home from college. Yeah, to be a holiday movie, it should have elements of holiday stuff in it. Okay. Yeah. Like my favorite Christmas movie, Rare Exports, which is all about the Wild Father Christmas in Finland. I highly recommend it. 
Ooh, I'll have to think about my favorite Christmas movie. I'm not prepared to say that right now. That, that's a long list. And that list is filled, of course, with Hallmark movies. I wouldn't say filled. There are some that are on there. There are some good Hallmark holiday movies. There was a whole Debbie McComer ones uh, 10 years ago that were pretty good. But yeah, I won't say it's filled with them. There's a lot, though. I have to get SP to talk about a Hallmark movie so an angel can get its wings. <laughs> I see. I see. Well, they were just coming off the week of Hallmark movies, and my DVR is stuffed full of them because there was one or two a night for a whole week. A total of 40. total of 40 <laughs> this year, and yeah, not all of them are making my cut. No. But there are some... If you watch the sci-fi show Killjoys... One of the actors from that was just on one last night. And the woman who plays Simmons was on one. Mm -hmm. I recorded that one. I haven't watched it yet, but that's why I recorded it. The woman that plays uh, Frost was also on one this year. So, yeah. Frost meaning on The Flash, by the way. That's what I figured. Not like Emma Frost or Jack Frost or... No, but there was one that, like, Ashley Williams and then Jill Wagner, that had their third one in a row this year, and both of those, Ashley Williams was in the first year, Jill Wagner was last year, they all were on this year, and they said they're going to have a fourth one next year, so all three of them are going to be on next year. I think that's kind of world-building within a two-hour movie every year. Go figure. The Hallmark Christmas Extended Universe. There you go. Okay, we're going to move on in some feedback. Yeah, that that was like the only news this week, like I said, so sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's Thanksgiving. There wasn't much news anywhere. Well, we heard from a couple people on Twitter, starting with at Mr. Paracletes. Yes. So Mr. Paracletes tweeted us a picture. This is my cat. His name is Bucky Barnes, but we call him Winter Soldier. It's not Mr. Paracletes' cats, at least not as far as I'm aware. But it's this adorable orange and white kitty who has a couple of gray marks, including their left arm, just from the shoulder down to the wrist where it has some little mittens. And uh, yeah, that is a very Winter Soldier looking cat. I approve. I don't want to get pawed by that left front paw. That would be bionic. Wham! And then we heard from at Adana Girl. Didn't recognize Win Everett in Heartstrings, perhaps because there weren't zero matter cracks on her face. So for a second, I forgot who Win Everett was, and she was in Agent Carter. So, yay. Did she play the roommate? No, no. In Agent Carter, she was Whitney Frost. Another Frost. Yes. The one who was very clearly based on Hedy Lamar. Yeah, I, I geeked out about that. And oh, Agent Carter is on Disney Plus, and we can all watch it again because I haven't been able to find it anywhere. Yeah, I haven't delved too much into Disney Plus, but we have thrown it on there a few times. It is one of the, I don't know, four streaming services we have Netflix, Prime, Disney Plus, uh, the CW app, I'll count as one. Our cable provider, I'll count as one. And then the Voodoo is where I've stored all my movies when I can redeem them, but also movies anywhere. So those are the streaming services that are on our devices. Yeah, I I just canceled my Shutter account because um, there's some good stuff on there, but it's not enough to keep it for the moment. And the Mandalorian is well worth it. I'm paying zero for it right now, but it's worth getting Disney Plus. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I'm enjoying Disney Plus. Yeah. It's got Marvel stuff. It's got uh, National Geographic stuff. One of the first things I watched was, you know, a doc. I watched that documentary, Aliens of the Deep. Oh, yeah. Which was okay. It's yeah. not as much just weird deep sea fish as I was hoping for, but there were some good deep sea fish there. I must have mentioned it on the podcast, or maybe it was in the outtakes a couple of weeks ago. I watched the If the Oceans Were Drained. 
I wanted to see that one. Yeah. And of course, there's the 1990s X-Men cartoon. Yes. And for some reason, Disney Plus gives you the option of skipping the opening. Why? Why? Nobody. It's like the best theme song to anything ever. Yeah, there's there's that. I want to say X-Men Evolution is also on there. Yes. Uh, I, I added so many things to my to-watch list. Gargoyles is on there, which isn't Marvel, but is fantastic. And features basically the entire cast of Star Trek The Next Generation in various roles. That's right. Yeah, it, there's just so much good stuff on there. The new DuckTales is on there. I highly recommend watching the new DuckTales. It's Whoa. fantastic. Yes. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, it's a reflex. I'm sorry. You, you kind of have to. <laughs> I'm going to finally watch The Clone Wars. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm starting Rebels. Oh. Yes. Oh, very nice. That one yeah. with all the cam, the actual voice actor cameos in there from the series. That that was oh, that was a great watch. So good luck. Yeah, it's oh, it's so good, and I love that the Star Wars universe keeps adding because you know now it's there is no extended universe. There's no expanded universe. It's just all Star Wars. So everything that goes in has to be vetted by you know the the Lucasfilm team. So they're able to pull in stuff from like. You know, the Clone Wars into the Mandalorian, and they're able to pull stuff from, again, the Clone Wars into Solo, and it's just, it, it enriches the universe, and you're not going to have to worry about it being retconned as much as the old EU was, which I love the old EU. There's a lot of problems with it, but yeah, it's, it's one of those things that, it's why I'm glad we have the MCU as well as the comics, because... Marvel Comics continuity is a mess. So bad. Yeah. The the movie continuity is is relatively clean and new viewer friendly. Just went back and read the 2017 America series, you know, with America Chavez. Yes. And Chavez. Yeah, and I I wish they would have been more of an Ultimates version of her character, but it, you know, it was still great. I just feel bad for new stuff because you got to make the cut. Yeah. And then, yeah, like people ask me, why do you have Hulu, Michelle? It's like, because of the anime, for some reason I have fallen back into watching some anime. Like I just, Oh, uh, just bizarre adventure. Y'all I'm on season two. Yes. That's my favorite season. I know. So yeah, I Joseph is the best Joe star. Yeah, Hulu has the first season dubbed, but the other seasons are subtitled. I'm not a, you have to realize, back in the old days, when it <laughs> took two days to download one episode, there was, okay, here's the house, this is how bad it was. One, it took like two days to download a episode, and you weren't even guaranteed a good subtitle. There was one where you got the episode and the subtitle was a separate document. I remember those. You had to like read. Yeah. And then. Oh, the days of fan subs. Those, they, you can still find fan subs nowadays, but because anime is a lot more profitable in the US than it used to be, now you have dedicated companies who try to do the translation as fast as possible. Or, you know, the translation gets released virtually at the same time. Uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure season five was being simulcast with Japan. And yeah, so now you don't have, you know, get the whole, all according to Kaikaku. Kaikaku means plan. But we are kind of off target, off topic. Sorry. <laughs> Talk to us about anime. Stay on target. Stay on target. So what we're going to do is we're going to stay on target. We're going to go run really quick and preload our TVs with Disney Plus, And we're going to get on out of here. Thanks, everybody, for continuing to watch our podcast, listen to our podcast as we watch and review Cloak and Dagger, especially Johnny. Thank you very much, Johnny, for joining us on Spreaker as we stream live every week. Yes, thank you to everybody who, you know, gets in touch with us, gives us news articles, just things that we might find fun, like, you know, pictures of cats that look like Marvel characters. 
thank you so much. It makes my day every time I see a notification. Thank you. Yes, thank you to everyone who downloads and watches, especially when we go off target like we did today. But it was it was at the end of the podcast, so we still got the job done at the beginning. Of course, we talked about National Pie Day as well. Pie. Yeah, the third National Pie Day of the year. Until next time, I'm Director SP. I'm Agent Lauren. And I'm Agent Michelle. Bye. See everybody next week. It will be our penultimate Cloak and Dagger podcast. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening. If you want to leave us feedback, go to gunageek.com and you will find all our contact information and other shows. You can also visit legendsofshield.com where you'll find our complete archive of podcasts. The music heard on this podcast is by Kevin McLeod, found at incompetech.com and also artists on pond5.com and audiojungle.net. The opinions heard on this podcast are those of the individual hosts and do not represent Stargate Pioneer Productions, Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., or Gunna Geek. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is the property of the Disney Corporation, Marvel Studios, and ABC. No infringement is intended. Hopefully Pike behaves himself. He's been ripping up my yarn all afternoon. Well, Haley's new cat has definitely been active on the podcast. Oh, God, what did I miss? You didn't really miss anything. It's just she's constantly moving around and making noise and knocking stuff off of Haley's desk. And Yeah, that's a kitten. That is the stupidest name. Andre. No, despair. Spelled D apostrophe. Yeah. S-P-A-Y-R-E. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, well, it's never... It's Andre. It's never... Yeah. I like that we've just been calling him Andre because... He's... Yeah. Right. It's never really... Yeah, I actually have that in the notes for next week about if he's actually their version of him or not because there's more... Mm-hmm. That happens, yeah. Is everybody up to speed on the Mandalorian? No. Yes. Nope. What episode are you on, Michelle? I've just seen the first two. I just know more Baby Yoda stuff happens. Yes, the most recent episode is my favorite so far, but I keep saying that about every episode. <laughs> I finally got to yeah. watch three and four last night after we watched Jumanji and Home Alone, so I had to fight for my TV time. And three was action packed. I don't think if it. So the thing that was told to me was everything changes. Well, not so much. It kind of does. Well, yeah, but eh, there's a couple of things which makes me think that uh, it's not completely changed. But anyway, it was good. And four was good as well. I'll have soup with Cara Dune anytime. (laughs) <laughs> yeah baby yoda sipping soup is like my new favorite gif <laughs> so there's you i mean it has nothing to do with the episode michelle but there's your cute baby yoda thing yeah i've yeah. seen like the little people have already made memes of it like me when i do this or there's already t-shirts of baby yeah, yoda the new, uh, it's the new kermit sipping tea yeah yep yeah because disney reversed its stance of Removing baby Yoda gifts and stuff. Stupid. Yeah, they threw Giphy under the bus with that one. Yeah, but they changed their minds. It's like, you you can't just go around and remove all the gifts. They're just going to go right back up. Yeah, do you even know how fans work? Yeah. Kathleen Kennedy does not. I would not blame her. I don't think it's her. I just blame everything on Star Wars on Kathleen Kennedy and my conscience is absolved. I think she's been doing a good job. Yeah. I know you have. I don't. But. It's not just her. You just keep blaming it on her. Oh, yeah. She's not, she's not Feige. Okay. Like, she doesn't have that much power. Should. She's the person who appoints the people. That is her job. Mm-hmm. Yep. You, you, if you want to blame anyone for the Baby Yoda thing, blame Disney's legal department. Nah, I'll just blame her. 
we put out a show last week for Gonna Geek that I talked about my Cybertruck pre-order, and uh, we've had more comments on that episode <laughs> than anything recently. I am not surprised. It's a polarizing thing. Yeah. Oh, God. So last week when uh, we were in Austin for Critical Role, it was amazing. Oh, yeah? Speaking of ducks. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Oh, God. It was so good. The show is live now on like Twitch and YouTube and stuff. It's about four and a half, five hours of complete insanity. Like I've been to shows for comedians that I like that I didn't laugh that hard. <laughs> it was amazing. Ducks were involved. Terrible puns. Everyone looked so good and was it was amazing. If you need a good laugh, I highly recommend it. I know Matt Mercer is very skilled at hurting cats. Uh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. It really is. But like if you want to see him just kind of going like it and just going as much with the insanity and his own is, and they're like, I can't believe you've done this basically. Yeah. I remember that. I think it's a Gen Con one where it was near the end where I don't know. They like made Scanlan fall in love with Percy or something. Oh, uh, isn't that the one oh where my Matt, God. Matt just like rips up his notes or something? Matt just rips up his yeah, notes. Notes yeah. just like um, it. <laughs> I, so we were actually playing, I think dark heresy at the time. But we got off topic, so I was like, well, the live show's going on, so I'll just turn it on and have it really low. And then that's when all that started with the love potion. Yeah. And then I'm like, I'm not going to be paying attention to my own game now. This is too good. <laughs> but that, that's really yeah. half his job, is hurting cats. <laughs> yeah, you think we're bad with the stuff about the anime, like every time somebody makes things the least bit sexual, Laura starts giggling. They get really off topic. Otter, it's it's fantastic. Otter. <laughs> <laughs> the otter. He was just like every DM is feeling my pain right now. I was like, yes, yes, we are. <laughs> oh man, the official character poster that I guess my friend who paid for VIP tickets got. They just linked it. It's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> I'm going to have to link this to Scott. <laughs> it's such a good show. The Christmas episode, I think, the one from last year that Liam ran, I think has been added to my list of Christmas stuff to watch yearly, along with like the Beavis and Butthead Christmas special and the Invader Zim Christmas special and the Metalocalypse Christmas special. Oh my God, I remember that one. Yeah, the one where Travis just out of yes. nowhere killed Santa. Yes. And then they end up killing him. <laughs> How are you going to explain this to your son? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. SP reminds me so much of my mom right now who just smiles and nods when I talk about something <laughs> that she has no clue about, which is what I do when she talks about football. That reminds me. <laughs> that reminds me, I need to find a game where I can play cleric because I got a fantastic idea for a cleric that if DM will let me do it, I want to do. What is it? So Matt was talking about how to be worshipped as a god in his world, I mean, you don't necessarily have to be one of the higher ups. Like, you know, right now with Jester and the Traveler and stuff, he's not necessarily a god. But I start, we start thinking like, oh my God, what if somebody's like really self-absorbed and they just believe in themselves so much that they are their own cleric because of that? It's like, no, I just believe in myself really hard. And I think having somebody be like a motivational speaker cleric would be fun. Oh my goodness. Class ego. Like my holy symbol is just a self-help book. <laughs> What's great is you guys are really energized Sorry, about, no, you guys are really energized about this. So I'm like, okay, well, I got to check this out because I've never heard about it before. You've never heard about Critical Role? I've heard about Critical Role, yes. I can link yes. you where to start. No. That, okay. 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 Yeah. And then it's time. Yeah. It's yeah. That's the, that's the issue. I, I tend to have it on if I'm editing or something, like while I'm waiting for stuff to render, 
Um, and then, of course, Thursday, me and Scott watch the first half, go to sleep at the break, and then watch the rest either Friday or Saturday. I'm going to have, and I don't know where I'm going to put it, but I'm going to have a lot more time in starting in February because I'm dumping a lot of the CW stuff after Arrow ends. There, a friend of mine is super into Batgirl, and which isn't CW. No, it is CW. Yeah. No. Yeah, um, and yeah. yeah, it sounds like a mess. No, no, um, Supergirl, sorry. Supergirl is a mess. Try out Batwoman. Mm-hmm, I yeah. would. Su- yeah, she's, she's a huge, oh, she's a huge Sandverse fan. So yeah, she's just, it hasn't been the same for her since Maggie left the show. And what they've done to Lena this year. Oh, they'll get me started. Yeah, that sounds awful. Yeah. So I'm glad I'm not watching that. On one hand, I get where they're going because, well, she's a Luther. But on the other hand, I'm like, that's not how you set up the character. Yeah. And like, apparently they told Katie McGrath, no, you're Lena's going to be kind of a morally ambiguous character, but not evil. So, you know, they're breaking a promise to her. Uh, The whole point of her character back when I was watching seemed to be, I am a Luther who's trying to do good and show that, hey, just because of your family doesn't make you evil. That's some bull determinationism there, so I'm not glad with that. I know. And now she's having to defend it because, of course, you know, she wants to like her job. And she's like, you know, Lena, obligated. Lena, you know, can be redeemable. And it's, you know, where she's coming. But it's like, man, and I really like the actor because I remember her from Merlin and stuff. And like, she's got so much potential uh, like uh anyway it was just yeah yeah it's just like really that one thing after all that growth come on come on yeah if i'm you know comparing the cw quality overall i mean there, there's flashes of brilliance but if i'm comparing it in relation to other things out there like for instance the mandalorian or another life or uh the expanse yeah. It, it just, it doesn't oh, compare. Oh, God, I can't wait for the expense. Scott and I are up to season three in our rewatch. So we should be done by the time Expanse premieres. And I'm so excited. Yeah, that'll be cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, slight spoiler for the one shot of Critical Role. SP, you'll get a kick out of this. One of the characters was basically... I felt very called out because of there, there's like a slight podcast audiobook narrator thing going on oh, okay. with them. And it's, it's amazing. Just amazing. Oh, cause is, is it Dodie? No. Is it, oh, okay. It's something else. <laughs> oh, you something else. Ahead. And it's you glorious. Can you can go ahead and say it. Oh, it's not- no, it's Marisha's character. It's Marisha's character. Oh gosh. Yeah. She's a, uh, She's a bard in a one-man band suit who has basically invented the gramophone and keeps like putting wax cylinders in and trying to like, she's like a a super fan of Terry. And so she's translating his stuff to to audio format. (laughs) The whole time I'm there, I'm like, I feel, I feel so seen and called out at the same time. Yeah. Podcasting has got a lot more mainstream. So while there still will be jokes out there because there is that version of podcasts out there, I think it's going to be more and more respected as time goes on overall. Yeah. There's also, there's also a really good uh, plot point about backing up your recording. Oh yeah. <laughs> and they're so done that. I. Got the t-shirt. So have I, I, Oh God, I've had to re-record entire book chapter. <laughs> oh geez. <sighs> yeah. That's why yeah, I, I, I keep going. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I'm so yeah. The first thing we do whenever we move is I'm claiming a closet as dedicated recording space. I'm so excited. You're gonna put up soundproofing around it or Yes. Okay. Yeah. So to actually be a dedicated I'm very excited. Okay, cool. So, yes. Are you gonna get a shotgun microphone too or um I'm going to wait a bit and because I need to build up my finances again. Okay. Moving is expensive. Yeah, moving is expensive, and I haven't done much between 
health issues and just stress stuff and emotional stuff. I just, I haven't done anything in the past like month. So yeah, build the finances back up. I think it'll help once I have a properly soundproofed booth because I'm like, hey, look, my audio quality got better, but we'll see. Okay. Good luck. Yeah. Where do you think you're moving? We're going this weekend, the, this coming weekend, we're going to go to Austin to... So our apartment complex is part of a larger management company. So we can transfer our lease to this other apartment owned by the same company. So we're going to talk to them. We're going to try to figure out what availability for the floor plans that we want when that's coming up. And then whenever we get the go-ahead, it's a 30-day countdown for us to move. Wow. Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. is copyright 2013 through 2019.